0: Welcome, Scooper Troopers, to Dipshit Files number 19. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper.
1: And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper.
0: And today we have the mysteries of Helltown, Ohio. Yes. Yeah. It's the story of satanic evil, uh, poltergeisties, cryptids, <laughs> government corruption, secret research facilities, potentially glowing orbs, and a whole bunch of other weird things. So, as always, we're going to open up another Dipshit file. And like so many other episodes, the government tends to be the dipshit in this episode. So, here we go. <laughs>
1: Today we explore Helltown, an abandoned city in Ohio's Cayuga Valley that fuels local urban legends about chemical spills, mutant creatures, and murderous Satanists.
0: If you're going to have a hotbed for urban myths, you got to have a few Satanists.
1: Unlike the ghost towns of the West, this Midwestern area is particularly unique because it doesn't look all that old. Although some buildings bear the features of early America, the rest are distinctly 20th century. The clear no trespassing signs posted throughout the town are certainly modern and official. For decades, Helltown has been infamous for countless legends, from satanic cults to ghostly apparitions, Government experiments and more.
0: The more includes goat boar. But
1: what is it about this small Ohio area that has spawned these legends?
0: What the fuck is in the water there? That's
1: what we'll be diving into today on The Dipshit Files.
0: The Dipshit Files presents Helltown, Ohio. The making of urban legends. Helltown's history
1: from the beginning has been shrouded in darkness. It
0: all started after we named the town after the fucking devil's house.
1: Originally settled by Native American tribes in 1758, it soon became the home of a massacre in 1782 caused by intertribal fighting, with opposing sides aligning with the colonials. It was also located on a tribal war trail and became the site of several bloody battles early on in its settlement. Battles which led to a number of Native American burial sites on the land. The lands would later be resettled in 1806 and what would become known as Helltown would encompass three towns altogether. It's from these tumultuous beginnings that seem to have laid the groundwork for the stories we hear today. Helltown is the name for a Lenape Native American village located on Clear Creek near the abandoned town of Newville in the state of Ohio. According to the Lenape, the village was called Cleartown after the clear stream which ran nearby.
0: A clear stream of pure evil.
1: However, when the Lenape learned that the German word for clear was hell they renamed their village
0: Helltown. Hey, Satan. Man, what can I do for you? They named a town in honor of Hell for you. Are you serious? It looks like it. You're sure it's not a mistranslation of some other language? Uh, maybe. Because that would be pretty nice of them, and that's all I've ever really wanted was somebody to be nice to uh, Right, well, maybe I should double check. Yeah, maybe you should, because I'm about to call this whole war on humanity off, now that Ohio has showed some kindness towards me. Yeah, I'll be right back.
1: Helltown was originally part of the Boston Township in Ohio. Alfred Wolcott of Connecticut came to Boston Township in 1805 with a surveying party to locate the lands that belonged to Simon Perkins. So eight years prior to this, Perkins was sent to the area to begin the process of settlement. Simon Perkins was a surveyor, Soldier, land agent, postmaster, and a banker.
0: And he was the entirety of their co-ed softball team.
1: Who played the major role in the early development of the Western Reserve. In 1797, he was sent to the Western Reserve of Ohio by the Erie Land Company to make a report and plan for a settlement. He was essentially the initiator to the removal of the natives from this land. Among the members of the surveying party was James Stanford. So, after returning home for the winter, Walcott, Stanford, and a few other men arrived back in Boston Township in 1806 and erected a cabin at the site of the present day Boston Cemetery. That same year, Walcott traded his lands along the Cuyahoga River for Stanford's lands on the eastern rim of the valley. More settlers then followed, resulting in the official organization of the township on January 15, 1811. At that time, what had been known only as Range 11, Town 4, of the connecticut western reserve became known as boston township
0: aka satan's testicle
1: like most of the western reserve the first settlers were new englanders who brought with them their religion and architecture james stanford's son george was instrumental in 1833 in organizing the boston moral society oh boy the forerunner to the peninsula united methodist
0: church I love it when people decide I'm the moral one. I know, I know. Follow me. What are you going to call the group? The Moral Society. Do you think that's presumptuous, pompous, and cunty as fuck? Well, I was going to call it the I'm-better-than-you society, but then there would only be me as a member.
1: Herman Bronson settled on his land in 1824 and capitalized on the soon-to-be-built Ohio and Erie Canal.
0: Get your Erie Canal t-shirts here. Just two bits. I want a piece of history before us here. Ohio Canal bobbleheads and pest dispensers. You there, child. What? You want an Ohio Canal bob ahead,
1: don't you? Leave me alone, mister. Bronson also organized the Bethel Episcopal Church in 1835 and oversaw the construction of a church building, now Bronson Memorial. 4 years later. Between 1825 and 1827, approximately 2000 men worked on the Ohio and Erie Canal. Many of these men were Irish Catholics from New York and Canada.
0: Potato. Oh, tea, potato. Oh, potato. Potato. Oh, potato. Hey, they're oh, potato. Potato. Oh, potato. Potato. You want to get a twofer? Potato.
1: After the completion of the canal, some of these men settled in the area, bringing with them some of the earliest recorded Catholic church activity to Summit county.
0: And there were never werewolves again. Sorry. In the years 1900
1: Churches would also be organized In Everett and Boston The township grew for decades And by the 1970s, Boston Township Was a comprehensive mixture of Agricultural, residential, industrial Recreational and commercial uses So, now that we know a little bit of history About the area, let's move on
0: Some history of Helltown here
1: To begin our story of Helltown We must understand why the area Was abandoned in the first place And to do this, we got to take a glimpse into the past. In 1971, a congressman named John Sieberling introduced the Cuyahoga Valley National Recreation Area Act in an attempt to preserve the valley's natural beauty.
0: Which you could certainly trust the government with, geez. In
1: 1974, the bill landed in front of President Gerald Ford. And
0: he punched that bill right in its face.
1: Ford initially wanted to veto the bill.
0: Speaker of the House, members of the Congress, I would just like to say... Fuck trees But
1: political pressure ultimately convinced him to pass the act
0: And so the government came in and fixed everything Because that's what they do The
1: story takes a terrible turn in 1974 When a man named William Birdsell Was the National Recreational Superintendent Who had recently been asked by President Ford To establish a national recreation area In the Cuyahoga Valley Where Boston Township was located
0: It seems to me that Mr. Birdsell is the uh, dipshit Yeah,
1: I think, yeah I have to agree with you on that.
0: But we'll get to that.
1: Little did people know that this man would soon become their worst enemy. That's what I was saying. A town meeting was called shortly after Birdsell arrived, and it was in this meeting that the people were informed that the U.S. government had enacted eminent domain and were told that they had to sell their homes to the government whether they liked it or not.
0: So what you're saying is you're just stealing it from uh, us. No, we're going to pay you for it. We don't want to sell Are yes. you going to have to or what? Or we're going to come and take it from you. So how is that not stealing? Because we're the government. We're the government doing it. Maybe we should rethink this government. Yeah, but what of the roads?
1: Now, eminent domain, the definition of that is the right of a government or its agent, to expropriate private property for public use with payment of compensation.
0: The right of the government to take away your rights as yes. a private property owner.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is.
0: They know what's best. Bow down to progress, citizen.
1: The eminent domain power is subjected to certain constitutional limits.
0: Like if anyone's paying attention to that shit.
1: Such as the property acquired must be taken for public use. The, the greater, greater good. good. The state must pay just compensation in exchange for the property.
0: The word just is just a good enough wiggle word, too.
1: And no person must be deprived of his or her property without due process of law.
0: Which means however the government would like that shit to go down.
1: Okay, so now that we understand the legalities of it...
0: Basically fairy tale gibberish with lawyers. Uh,
1: it was discovered that Birdsell is, well, he's a liar. Dipshit. The townspeople were told that this life-changing event was not up for negotiation, and these purchases were essentially going to be made at bottom-of-the-barrel sale prices...
0: Because government loves you very much.
1: ...with Little to no knowledge of recourse at the time. Many people simply did what they were told despite the anger and frustration. But several citizens outright refused to leave their homes despite the risk.
0: What would you do? Info at Scatcast.com.
1: They wanted to know why the U.S. government was claiming the land.
0: How dare you question us, citizen?
1: And why they were given no other option than to sell what, in most circumstances was their entire life's work for next to nothing.
0: Now that you've ruined our lives, can you tell us what you're going to do with the land? What we thought we'd do is put in a little skating ribbon for ice skaters. Maybe an art installment. We found a whole bunch of hideous things that we can litter this area with. you ruined our lives. Well, it's for the greater good. Some
1: of these homes were generational properties, and those living there had never lived anywhere else. Also
0: known as a nightmare of injustice.
1: The original proposal which called for purchase of 26 to 30 homes seemed forgotten as Birdsell 4 forcibly acquired 378 Jeez. he referred to the homesteads as visual pollution he said
0: bureaucratic cunningly.
1: u.s representative john Sieberling, who had helped craft legislation to create the park included some protections for the homeowners but apparently they were not informed of their rights it slipped their mind they said they felt threatened by the agents of the government knocking on their doors telling them they'd have to leave yeah People who'd lived in the valley all their lives no longer felt welcome.
0: Well, That was definitely the point of that.
1: Over the course of the next couple months, many were given conflicting and confusing reasons as to why this was happening, and still some weren't given any reason at all. For a short period, Birdsell remained quiet behind the scenes until he began to grow impatient with the slow eviction process.
0: I really don't see why you guys are dragging your feet so much. You took our fucking homes. Now lots of other people can enjoy where your home used to be, and I can tell my constituents I'd
1: when his irritation had boiled over, he instigated the process of military involvement. Jesus. I know. The army soon invaded the valley and began forcibly removing residents from their homes, after which they sealed off the town... And began boarding up, burning down, and demolishing homes.
0: What a nightmare. The
1: angered citizens eventually ended up in court mm. with the Department of Interiors, whose head at the time mm. was sympathetic oh, to their situation, right. and ordered a halt to the operation.
0: Now that all the homes were burned.
1: By 1980, according to a park history report, the Park Service had appropriated 306 of the total 750 homes in that park area.
0: So ten times the amount they started with.
1: After it was found that these homes had been purchased illegally, many of the residents were contacted about purchasing their old homesteads
0: back. Yeah, my bad. Do you want to buy your old homestead back? Uh, yeah, you burned it to the ground? Yeah, do you want to buy the ashes back or what?
1: But after a hasty demo work, the majority had nothing to go home to. Jeez. So Helltown remained a ghost town. As for William Birdsell, his shady dealings with the whole situation ended rather idle eye- Ironically, I see. Just weeks before the end of the program, he was set to be transferred to a different part of the country for a new national parks assignment. Boo. And as he was cleaning out his desk from the command post in Helltown, he died of a heart attack. Oh. And he'd never truly leave. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jeez. That's
1: So from here, we will cover some of the various legends associated with Helltown.
0: The many urban legends of Helltown, Ohio.
1: It's nearly impossible to decipher fact from fiction or even put a timeline to where most of these stories came from, but I'll do my best with the information that I've collected. Today, Boston Township thrives, but large chunks of it sit abandoned and crumbling. And with the abandonment came rumors, speculation, and eventually, of course, urban legends. I'm going to at least touch on the majority of them ones that I could find so the army as a result of the siege was frequently dealing with squatters criminals and citizens refusing to leave their homes during the occupation of Helltown. and it's rumored that during this time soldiers had run-ins with serial killers cult members and even
0: mutated creatures you know what bobby this town sure has gone to shit yeah you're right scooter you know it was one thing about the serial killers and the satanic cults i could kind of handle it you get used to it i've had it up to fucking here with them mutants yeah also the water tastes funny yeah it can't
1: be Confirmed, but it's said that multiple people actually went missing both during the Army's time there and after they vacated the area. The next story is that of the Crybaby Bridge located on Maud Hughes Road. The bridge runs over a railroad and has been around since at least the 1870s. At some point, the bridge was torn down and replaced, but the old bridge accrued more than its share of dark stories and urban legends. At least 36 deaths and gruesome accidents have supposedly taken place in the area. According to the most famous legend, a couple was driving across the bridge when their car broke down. Uh-oh. The man left his girlfriend in the car while he went to go get help. Uh-oh. When he got back, his girlfriend was hanging by her neck from the bridge, B. presumably already dead. Right. No versions of the legend I can find said anything about whether he actually found help or not. There have been rumors of other accidents in the area, though I'm not sure any of them could be confirmed. Most of them involve train crashes killing railroad workers or train passengers, but one is about a bus driver who loses control and kills everyone on board. Another legend involves a mother throwing her newborn from the bridge. Yeah, yeet baby yeet. Which is gonna be a common theme in these stories. <laughs> <Baby> yeet <bridge? laughs> the yeet bridge. Sheesh. The baby's mother was said to have hanged herself afterwards, huh. which will also become
0: a common theme. That's funny, huh? Mm. I know, right. Well, I guess it's not funny to throw babies off bridges either.
1: Uh yeah, probably not. Kinda though. I don't know. I, don't know. I mean if it's imaginary, it's funny.
0: If somebody hands you a baby, you should say, No, thank you. Vegetarian. <laughs> So this is the Baby Yeet Bridge, huh? I know it's tempting to want to throw the baby into the water, but don't you do it. Well, this thing is really annoying. They are. Well, Mom, did you ever yeet a baby off the Baby Yeet Bridge? Oh, fuck yeah. We used to yeet babies off the bridge all the time. It's actually where I met your father. So you're saying I should yeet my baby off the Baby Yeet Bridge? It's your baby to yeet.
1: There's yet another story about a girl who jumped out of the car after an argument with her boyfriend but got too close to the edge and fell to her death. Okay. There have also been stories of a shooting at the bridge in the late
0: 1980s. We were all shooting people at bridges in the 80s. It was just the fad at the time. Sorry.
1: Unsurprisingly, the bridge's morbid history has made way for plenty of paranormal activity. Goat boy. Sightings of apparitions and mists, orbs, hooded figures, and phantom trains and engineers. They've all, boy. all been reported. Right. <laughs>
0: Why not? Nah.
1: According to legend, if you stop on the bridge and flash your headlights three times,
0: goat boy comes. Yeah,
1: uh, you'll, you'll see Beetle some juice. sort of some sort of unspecified paranormal
0: activity. Okay. Yeah, Beetlejuice, hopefully. Yeah.
1: Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice,
0: or Candyman, or yeah, uh, the witch Bloody lady. Mary. Bloody Mary. Yeah. Um,
1: so the next story is actually more of a conspiracy theory. Well, I will prepare my aluminum hat. There were rumors of a chemical spill in the area, which led to stories of mutants. Right. Presumably former residents of the town who had been affected by the spill.
0: But are their superpowers documented?
1: This story immediately made me think of Wes Craven's cult classic, The Hills Have Eyes.
0: Makes me think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just uh, saying.
1: Oh, be, okay, so The Hills Have Eyes fucked me up. That was a creepy ass movie. Icky. Um, But it reminded me of that.
0: I prefer the non-threatening ways of the Ninja Turtles.
1: And as well as the more recent Chernobyl diaries. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm -mm. I couldn't find any solid evidence of a chemical spill in the area, but many people believe the government is covering up both the spill Mm. and the mutants. Well,
0: telling people that the government turned their fellow citizens into mutants during an election year, that's not going to help anyone.
1: There is a scandal that would occur about 11 years after the town was shut down that would only help further those tales. The NPS had acquired the crazy dump in 1985 and several park rangers who patrolled the area would complain of falling ill. Some of the rangers then developed visible rashes all over their body which spurred the need for an investigation and assessment of the area. The results of various tests of the area were actually
0: Horrifying. Uh oh.
1: As it turns out, companies were illegally dumping tons of toxic
0: waste in that area. The playground was already full. And it was deemed a superfund site as a result. The residents should have been able to sue the fuck out of that company.
1: The National Park Service, as of 2015, was still working on fully cleaning up the Craigie. And the true extent of the environmental damage that was inflicted on the land is real, still really not known.
0: And what of the satanic cults and
1: There are many uh, abandoned buildings in Helltown, from an old slaughterhouse to a morgue, a VA hospital, and more. But as far as cults are concerned, there are tons of stories centered around dark-hooded figures chanting strange things out in the woods, particularly in the middle of the night. And it seems that many of these stories are associated with the abandoned church. Some of the most prominent stories involve Satan. Of course, satanic activity in the
0: area. Well, hey, Satan, what brings you to Ohio? Especially this part. Oh, I heard you guys named a town after me and that maybe I had some worshipers out here. Oh, uh, well, the worshippers are just kind of some kids fucking around. I see. Ouch. And, and Helltown's actually named after the German word for clear, which is hell. That fucking demon never double-checked.
1: Members of a satanic cult supposedly use the abandoned funeral home in town to carry out their rituals. ta I'm here.
0: Holy fuck, we Actually, summon the devil. What do we do now? Might I suggest an orgy? Oh, okay.
1: Stamford Road has been nicknamed the "End of the World" Road because of one point where it seems to drop off completely when going up a hill. Seek the rumors quickly spread that a satanic cult and/or serial killer was in the woods and would kill anyone who ventured through. The nearby Mother of Sorrows Church has upside down crosses carved into the exterior, mm. leading to even more rumors of satanic activity. Mm though upside-down crosses are actually pretty common in Catholicism as they serve as a symbol of the crucifixion of Peter. So if you don't know the story, Peter was a disciple of Jesus. Right. And when he was executed, he supposedly requested to be crucified upside-down because he didn't feel worthy of dying in the same way as Jesus. Okay. There isn't any solid evidence to back that claim up, but regardless, an upside-down cross Isn't necessarily evidence of Satanism Right
0: Oh but what of the paranormal shit Ah.
1: And of course there are the paranormal stories Why not Boston Cemetery is apparently home to a ghost Who sits on a bench and stares blankly into space Of course he does But as many who have visited Helltown will tell you There's no bench in that cemetery That lion ghost motherfucker Other rumors include a hearse with one headlight That chases visitors through town (laughs)
0: Gotta love the Simpsons.
1: And ghostly faces in the windows of the old slaughterhouse. There are also stories of trees moving on their own.
0: (laughs) I am Treecock, king of the tree people. Did you say your name is Treecock? Yes. Excellent. I am (laughs) Treecock.
1: That's what I thought when I was doing my research. Trees just stand up and just walk. Like
0: ants from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then there's Gore Orphanage. Sounds lovely. According to legend, Gore Orphanage was established in the 1800s and ran by a man only known as Old Man Gore.
0: Jesus, what a great fucking terrible name. Welcome to Gore Orphanage. My name is Dr. Gore. Uh, Yeah, we came to look for a child to adopt. Yeah, right Mm -hmm. this way. Gore
1: wasn't a very nice guy, and the orphans were often neglected. On November 22nd, 1910, the building Apparently caught fire. Okay. Old man Gore managed to escape but left the kids inside to fend for themselves. Fucking dick. Fuck you, kids. They tried to escape downstairs, but the staircase was already engulfed in flames.
0: Dr. Gore, more like Dr. Dick, you know? Sorry.
1: All the kids died in the fire, which reduced the orphanage down to
0: its foundation. I apologize for my lack of sensitivity. There
1: are different theories as to how the fire started. Some people have said old man Gore started the fire himself either as insurance fraud or because he was a sadist or just tired
0: of the kids. Chitrons are annoying.
1: Others blamed a disgruntled male employee or an unknown crazy man. Goat boy. The latter lived in the woods near the orphanage and didn't like the kids making a bunch of noise. Goat boy hates noise. There's also been speculation that Native Americans started the fire or that it was started accidentally when an orphan knocked over a lantern in the barn. Whatever happened, this is clearly where the hauntings began or so the story goes right there is plenty of reported supernatural activity on the site where the orphanage ruins are believed to be people have reported smelling smoke and hearing the roar of flames as well as seeing the ghosts of orphans covered in flames and running through the woods jesus apparently nobody ever taught these orphans to stop dropping oh honey
0: (laughs) oh shit like for all these centuries like just roll or decades roll. <laughs>
1: A dark, shadowy shape has been spotted on the ground. Okay. It's believed to be the spirit of the person responsible for starting the fire. Okay. If it was indeed set intentionally.
0: There may be some speculation involved.
1: People have also claimed to hear footsteps on the remnants of the front porch hmm. and children singing nursery rhymes. Sleep sleep,
0: sleep, sleep little baby, sleep little baby. You sleep. Sleep. Shut the fuck up, children.
1: Bright lights have been spotted in the woods and little blue Bloody footprints in the snow I know You can also apparently hear and see children on a nearby bridge at night Dressed in period clothing who disappear as soon as you cross the bridge
0: Avoiding that town
1: Children crying have also been reported from the bridge
0: Because of the scary bridge
1: Other reports include the smell of burning flesh And of course satanic
0: Activity mm, right In that area All right, well, what do you guys do for fun around here? Well, Satan, sometimes we throw babies off of bridges uh, Yeah, yeah All right, that's kind of whatever Also, there's a pizza hut in Everett Well, now we're talking
1: The last two stories borrow pretty heavily from other popular urban legends In the first, a couple heads to the orphanage ruins and parks their car nearby and they go for a walk When they got back to their car, they heard what sounded like raindrops on the window Well, as it turns out, it wasn't raindrops. It was drops of blood from a child Uh, hanging from a tree above their car. Yikes. The Mm. other story is more general. It says if you park your car on the edge of the road, leave, and later return, you'll find little handprints on the car. Almost as if the children had been surrounding it, putting their hands on it and peering in your windows. Weird.
0: Is any of (laughs) this shit evidence?
1: So here's the part where I spoil all the fun. Fun sucker. There is no historical evidence that the Gore Orphanage ever existed. Fucking good. There was no building, no fire there. Good how could there be a building that doesn't exist people lie there was no old man gore no burned up orphans not that day so where did the story come from the bible as it turns out there are several different true or at least mostly true stories that the legends could have been could have derived from i'm not going to cover those details here but i did find a few
0: Uh, completely debunked what else you got
1: Another tragedy that supposedly took place within this Helltown area happened in the mid-1900s. The story is that of a school bus of children headed to class. Come on with the kids. This school bus crashed and claimed the lives of at least 20 children and one adult. And this one, like a lot of the others, was impossible to verify. But there is an abandoned bus in the area.
0: Illuminati confirmed.
1: And there have been claims that people have seen a shadow man smoking a cigarette at night within the bus well I'm convinced only for him to dissipate after a light source makes contact with him
0: okay Mm mm-hmm Weird.
1: in regards to the mutated creatures that we spoke about earlier there are many conspiracies as to why people were forced to sell their homes and many say it wasn't due to government wanting to turn the valley into a national park or recreational
0: area at all it was illuminati shit now that we've got those nosy citizens out of the way we can continue our research on the alien sasquatch hybrid i will be test lsd on dolphins again no, let's try not to have sex with them this time no promises dolphins are sexy there were
1: confirmed reports of a sulfuric smell wafting throughout the area prior to the government showing up and sealing off the town.
0: Where are you going, Satan? I'm going back to my hell. Did we do something wrong? No, hanging out at Pizza Hut was great, and I do like the originality of the Baby Eight Bridge. Right. You know, the winters here kind of suck compared to where I'm from. Well, Are you going to ever come back? Oh, fuck no, but we'll see you again soon. Whoa, is that a portal to hell? Yeah, it's going to stink around here for a while. Why, Satan? Don't call me, I'll call you.
1: Many speculate that it was due to illegal chemical dumping happening at the local dump, which is Certainly plausible. Crazier theories, however, speculate. That there is some sort of underground pass Located beneath Helltown Oh shit Perhaps a facility that the government uses For genetic
0: experimentation Yes how do you feel good boy Yes it's a lot to take in Uh, Well now that you have hooves for hands I guess it will be harder for you to jerk it Yes On the bright side I think you can reach your own dick with your mouth You're welcome Now let's go back to talking about you becoming a weapon for the military
1: This correlates with claims of enlarged And deformed creatures in Encountered throughout the area over the years, from half human, half animal monstrosities to reports of gigantic snakes. And if any of them were true, it would have to make one ponder as to what could be happening deep beneath the earth of this forgotten place. Perhaps the strangest legend of Helltown is that of the so called Peninsula Python. This mutated snake was said to have escaped from a traveling circus years ago and now lives in the woods of Helltown eating people and their pets.
0: Yikes. You don't want to take your dog out there. Okay, what is the problem? Muffins needs to poopy. Well, there's a mutant viper that eats puppies around these parts. Excuse me? It escaped from a circus a long time ago. Now it's a mutant. That's ridiculous. He has a friend that's a monkey that's also a mutant. Get the fuck out of my way.
1: Nobody's been able to capture the creature or see it, but if it does exist, maybe it can eat that serial killer and keep
0: explorers safe. (laughs) I just hope Muffins is safe. Muffins.
1: As I researched Helltown, one thing I noticed was an unusual fixation with deep Bunking these legends
0: skeptics can be very mean
1: some sources went so far as to demand people not even talk about them online at all <laughs> and I have to ask why sure they're sensational let's not be foolish but I might be foolish. they're probably based more on rumors and speculation than truth. But you could say that about most urban legends. Pretty much all bullshit, yeah. I just wonder why people are so interested in the truth when it comes to this particular town. Is it because of the unfortunate story behind the town's abandonment? Maybe. Or is it something else?
0: Well, some of this shit has got to be lowering the real estate values around there. Whatever
1: the case, several commenters I've come across online claim the area has a heavy police presence due to vandalism and trespassing. Hmm. So, uh, in the event that you are interested in going and checking it out, explore your own risk Especially at night.
0: I imagine there's mosquitoes there, so no, thank you. So what do you think of Helltown Hmm. and the urban legends? What do you think? Well, let's talk about it on the other side of this. What do our dipshits think about this dipshit file? All right, so so what do I think about it? Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, I think it's crazy for them to try and fight the tides of the internet. Like, <laughs> right. Don't you dare talk about our town. It's like, oh, your town just oh, got wow. talked about exactly. a lot more because mm-hmm. of that way to go. Mm-hmm. But the subtitle of this show was, you know, why urban legends or how urban legends are made. Mm-hmm. And that's really the interesting part of this little part of the world, random. Right. It got fucked by the government hard in mm-hmm. modern, more modern times within, you know, a lot of the listeners lifetimes, mm-hmm. you know, started in what, seventies, right? Mm-hmm. And so that is interesting because we're watching it where the people, I find it so interesting that people are like, don't talk about this anymore. I know. <laughs> the people that live there, get off the internet, which, you know, here we are on the internet right. talking about it. was well, part that. of the reason why I selected this one. Exactly. <laughs> So we're actually watching. This is something we're, we're catching in real time. This is why Helltown, Ohio is so fascinating mm-hmm. is because things are we're even part of it. You yeah. know, who knows? Maybe one of the little skits cats, they'll be like, oh, let's let's run with that. Right. Who, right. Knows? who knows? But uh, it's all happening in real time. and It's mm-hmm. fun to watch. Uh, but it's also very credulous, silly stuff. Like most well, of it's been very easily debunked.
1: Right. Right. Well, it's kind of how urban legends are made. It is just a really interesting um an interesting concept it's cuz they didn't answer the question they questions. didn't see yeah. the the whole thing is that the government came in with force mm-hmm. and essentially that's all they got well they <laughs> they removed everyone from their homesteads and their family properties and and uh you know fucking basically lives. Yeah. yeah and uh, of course William Birdsell yeah. also,
0: dipshit.
1: you know, he played his part at lying and just being a complete asshole to these folks, mm-hmm. um, taking way more than the government wanted. They only wanted 26 to 30 properties and he took, what, 378? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of excessive.
0: He's the dipshit <laughs> so, of this here file.
1: Yeah. But, you know, they they came in and they did this and really took people's lives and just, dumped them out all over the ground Mm -hmm. and then didn't turn around and answer any questions now the other thing that I do want to touch on uh, it was it's an important factor but it's so minuscule I couldn't really throw it into the beginning part Mm -hmm. was that they acquired all of this land and they put a fence around it and boarded up all the buildings and started their demolition and then it went to court and all this stuff right but it took I think until the late '90s, early 2000s, before they even began doing anything, so a with couple it. decades. So it just sat there, Jeez. and that by itself, people start going, "Huh, I wonder why. What was the rush? Why the why the aggression? Mm-hmm. Why did they do this just to let it sit? Now it's all boarded up." You know, and so that's what causes these stories, rumors, and urban yeah, legends. Yeah, you
0: wonder if it's like it's some vendetta yeah. that the guy and in the government then, had against one guy. And he's right. like, fuck you, I'm taking it now. Exactly. And all your neighbors, too.
1: Exactly. Well, you know, and then there's that. I'm sure it hit the news. You know, the this, the, um, the ke-
0: illegal dumping of chemicals, too. Absolutely, yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how. So they, legit fucked things happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it started with taking the land, mm-hmm. you know, from the Native Americans, and then the mm-hmm. the favor was returned once again by the federal government. Uh, right, that's twice now. Yeah, took it from the people that live there again. Right, and uh, then they dumped a bunch of shit there. Yeah, <laughs> unscrupulous cunts, once again.
1: Which I, th- I find it fascinating because this was a uh, this was a preservation of natural beauty project. Mm-hmm. And it turned into a Superfund site in one area. At
0: least half the time when a government puts out a bill, it's going to do the exact opposite of what it says it's going to do. If it's the Kiss Babies Act, they're going to punch (laughs) babies. It just means people aren't going to go there. They're like, just don't come here. It's protected. And we're going to do fucked up shit here. I did find it kind of fascinating. I always find it really interesting to just speculate on the government doing things like... uh, you know underground testing and Mm -hmm. the umbrella corporation Mm -hmm. type things uh all that shit's very interesting and not totally ridiculous but you know pretty ridiculous
1: the vast majority of the things we discussed here are obviously just uh, outlandish they're outlandish yeah Yeah. goat
0: boy it's basically it's a A lot of goat
1: well and there is there's a there's a goat boy or
0: a a deer man deer man out in the woods every every state has a goat boy that's what i mean when i say goat boy (laughs) Dave and Angus, we go to each state, and it's like, <laughs> all right, let's look into cryptids. And it's yeah, you got to go, oh boy. boy. It's time for you to fulfill your mission, goat boy. <laughs> <laughs> You just shit on my shoes, goat Boy. Nah. Like I was saying, it's time for you to fulfill your destiny. Quit eating that. That's my fucking notebook. Mm-hmm. It's basically that. It's like, well, there's a dog, man. <laughs> and it's like, I don't fucking care about dog, man, at all. Well,
1: there's, there's stag man or deer man out right. in the woods, which is, you know, this really giant looking man covered in hair and he's got horns growing out of the top of right. his head. Sounds
0: like a Wendigo. Yeah. Could be a Wendigo. Yeah, there you go. But they don't call it that. They
1: no, call it, I don't know what they call it. I'm calling it,
0: it goat Boy. Okay. the major issue I have with this story uh, is about the eminent domain in general yeah and this is always when this happens it just reminds me of the George Carlin thing where it's like they're they're not rights they're privileges mm-hmm. and that's really what the government does when they do that so For a free country to be really free, we should really discourage the government from flexing that power if possible. Right. Because that greater good mentality is what, it just means crushing individuals. Mm -hmm. And that's what we learned is a bunch of families were destroyed and it turned it, it turned that whole place into just kind of a silly ass fucking place Mm -hmm. where bad things are happening Mm -hmm. and they're giving silly explanations for it. Mm -hmm. And you know, the urban legends begin there. Right. And so people probably take it less serious. It's like, ah, we don't need to fix the problems in there. It's all fucking hibbity-jibbity stuff. I don't know if that's true. I'm speculating.
1: I'm I'm sure that it's, it's, because it is a national park now. I think it's a national forest. So I'm sure there's beauty.
0: And they just took it.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, they they did. Well, it was a lot of family land and that sort of thing, and they did take it. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the map now, you can see that it is a forested area, and I'm sure it's really pretty. Mm -hmm. But uh, the thing that bothers me, Was the fact that, one, the government came in, uh, decided that they wanted to, uh, I guess, preserve the natural beauty of an area Mm -hmm. that was
0: already occupied. Didn't they say it was like an eyesore or or visual pollution or something?
1: Yeah, it was William Birdsell who bought all the extra houses because houses were visual pollution. Right. So he destroyed these lives because he didn't want to... He didn't think that people wanted to see their houses (laughs) or whatever.
0: Weird way. You don't want to give people power to Mm -mm. make those kind of decisions. No Mm -mm. matter what kind of society you want to live in, you shouldn't want to live in that one.
1: Right. Well, you know, there's always that argument where it's like people... When There's always the argument where people will say, well, you know, we need to... Uh, we need to do this and that. Yeah, and it's uncomfortable for these people, but it's for this thing. The greater good.
0: We want to build a mall. We want to build a parking lot. We want to build a fucking government building.
1: It's going to develop the area in a way that we would like to see it, and we just have to remove the, the current development from that property. And I have a hard time agreeing with this wholeheartedly because the individuals that are saying these things are like, yeah, but... Put yourself in the shoes of this person. Imagine that the the government wants to put it in this beautiful park. Yes, I'm sure it's going to be beautiful. It's guaranteed it's going to be pretty. Mm -hmm. Nature is fucking beautiful. Let's not be foolish. foolish. But the house that you're living in right now
0: that you own. She's obviously not talking to you millennials or millennials. You're going to live in vans and pods and eat bugs. They're going to take from you. Mm-hmm.
1: And they're going to give you at a, a payment at fifteen percent of its value. Shitlords, and you now have to go out and find another place to live, and you have to do it in ninety days.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen that here mm-hmm. in Spokane in this area too. Yeah, we've and had experience with eminent domain where they'll take something and then not do anything with it for almost, twenty years for a whole generation the same thing. later. Yeah, which is absurd.
1: I watched it happen. We have a, a north-south freeway going in here in mm-hmm. Spokane. And when I was working in commercial, it's been real going estate, in
0: my whole fucking life. Too, yeah, <laughs> just so you guys know.
1: Well, and when I was working in real estate in the early 2000s, um, I watched this exact thing happen. Of course, there was corporate buildings and that sort of thing that um, industrial. They that made were, good deals. Yeah, they made great deals. Yeah. But then they took the homes of these individuals. Uh, some of them were elderly folk, you know, and they basically move them out of their house i was pissed off then Mm -hmm. and these people that i was working with they're like oh they got paid it was like yeah did they get paid the value the market fair market value of their homes like well no they didn't the ends justify the means and these individuals you know some of these were elderly people that had Mm -hmm. been living there for years and it broke my heart and pissed me off then for years i drove by this area on the freeway And every time I looked over there, it's just the same fucking house. 15 years later with boards on the windows. Right. Still, to this day, when you drive down, you'll see in that area, still, those houses are still boarded up. They're not occupied. They're just sitting there. You know, so it's just, I don't know. If we're going to waste
0: our time giving people power and government, (laughs) hold their feet to the fire not to let them do that shit. Because that is, it's injustice is what it ends up being every time and public people don't always take care of things as well as they like to think they do the Mm -hmm. the government isn't that great it depends on funding it depends on who's in charge Mm -hmm. it sounds good on paper Mm -hmm. but private individuals are the ones that mow their lawns a lot Mm -hmm. of times Mm -hmm. uh you know they're the ones that that try and make the value of their home better Mm -hmm. and like their neighborhoods to be better that's Mm -hmm. generally a pattern all around the world it's not the rule everywhere mm-hmm. but generally i mean look at public p- swimming pools and shit mm-hmm. if they don't have the funding or if something's weird they're just like yeah there's no no water in it mm-hmm. and so if they do that with a the park they're like yeah we just don't mow the lawn anymore well, see, or we just let it be a fire hazard because I we don't ran, have the money for it anymore
1: i ran across an, an article um uh, in the newspaper and this was just in 2016 i think for boston ohio that area and there's a woman who's um Uh, She's on the board of trustees or something for that area. And she'd actually had done an interview saying that she's really having a hard time. She's really frustrated. And she has been because she was part of this. She was young when the eminent domain takeover took place Mm. and they took her, her family's 27 acre homestead. And so she stuck around and she ended up um, becoming part of this uh, board of trustees for this area. Anyways, she was talking about how the government is taxing the area much differently and the residents in that area much differently because they live within the confines or the borders of a park, a federal, natural, a, a national park
0: system. Are they trying to push her out right. with high taxes? And Them so,
1: out. and they're not, they're charging different taxes from what I understood, but they're also not funding the normal things that they would normally fund, like Where she lives in in that area, they're responsible for their own roads, although they're being provided uh, like forest service stuff. But still, in a nutshell, she's very frustrated because essentially the way she put it is where she lives, the population is 2,000 people. There are more than 2.7 million visitors every year to this park that drive through the roads that go right through their town but they get no assistance from the government hmm. because they're within the park system.
0: Popular park.
1: So basically, 2,000 people are responsible for paying for all the road repairs and that sort of thing for $2.7 Wow. And it's very frustrating. And to me, that... It doesn't sound like it's working. Yeah. It it's doesn't more sound like working.
0: You can't filter morality through a thing that is immoral. Right. and That is why government is dumb and it's why it's always the dipshit on the <laughs> dipshit files. If it's not an individual doing something wrong, it's the government. It's the government and William Birdsell. Or some other centralized power thing.
1: Well, William Birdsell went in there and, you know, he was, he was the hatchet man, I guess. Mm-hmm. And when things didn't go fast enough for him, he brought the military in. Well,
0: the government has a tendency to attract people that have kind of maybe less than scrupulous Mm. uh, ideas about themselves Mm -hmm. and about the world. Mm -hmm. Not all, of course. No. But, I mean... Power corrupts. They say power corrupts, but also corrupt people are attracted to power. They like it a lot.
1: Yeah, well, that... I can see that. Yeah. That's a wonderful statement. And that's yeah. why
0: probably Bird Cell is remembered as this week's dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> dipshit. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you guys for the rates and reviews and all that stuff. Thank you to Dawn, our shipbox wizard, mm-hmm. and to Chris, our Discord Dookie slayer. Uh, and to all of you guys, Bodie, our quartermaster, and all the Ice Walls crew. Yes. We appreciate that. The Patreon.com, all of my bosses, all our bosses mm-hmm. there in the litter box. That's Patreon.com forward slash scatcast if you'd like to become our boss. Mm-hmm. Info at Scatcast.com is how to reach out to us. Let us know uh, mm-hmm. any corrections, any ideas that you have, mm-hmm. what you're thinking, all those kind of things. Ghost stories. We're going to read some of those in the future. Mm-hmm. We look forward to that. We, we're collecting a lot of your guys' letters uh, for maybe just an episode about yeah. your mail. Mm-hmm. Should be fun. Hmm. So, info at scatcast.com. You guys know how to do all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. thank you guys, Scooper Troopers, Inside Scoopers, Scat Cats, and Litter Mates. We appreciate every single one of you guys. And yeah, we'll talk at you in the future.
1: And it'll seem like the present. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
0: BING Bing bong. BONG